Hi, this is Sensei James Leonelli from Sensei's Weekly Mindset, and I'm here to talk to you about BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball, soccer, and esports. Don't forget my personal favorite, MMA. We've got it all on BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, we can help you find those on BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. And don't forget Bet Online for NHL, boxing, golf, and like I said, my personal favorite, the sport of MMA. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Life isn't always easy, and you don't have to face it alone. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you have access to a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of needs. To get started, you simply answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's most convenient for you. The best part is, if your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price, all from the comfort at home. To start your journey and to get 10% off of your first month, go to betterhelp.com slash sensei. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash sensei. BetterHelp, you deserve to be happy. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sensei's Weekly Mindset. I'm Sensei James Leonelli, owner and head instructor of Tiger Shulman's here in Smithtown. Once again, I am back in my home recording space, once again joined by my furry co-host Slade at my feet, as he usually is, ready to lend his hand in his furry co-host duties. Uh, but I am ready, as per usual, to give you guys this week's food for thought. Now, as we're talking about this week, just... Again, if you're listening to this out of, out of order or whatever, just to give you guys an idea as to what's going on preparation-wise behind the scenes, um, first and foremost, Tiger Shulman's-wise, we have coming up our Challenge of Champions tournament on June the 4th. So you can imagine there's a ton of prep work going on for that, not only with my students themselves, but also for the staff that's going to be working the event um, for all the parents that need to know everything that's going on, for all of the staff in our schools. Right. For all the things that we have to coordinate, there's a ton of work going on behind the scenes. Like I said, and I'm not just talking about the preparation of the students. There's plenty there. Don't get me wrong. Lots of it. But there's also much more going on behind the scenes, uh, retrain, you know, training our staff. We always, even though we've done, this will be the 51st COC, we always try to meet each one the best one. As we talked about a similar mindset to that in the past. The, the case is certainly true here. We try to always make sure that the upcoming COC will be the best one ever. And we're always working on things to make it the absolute best. So that's going on. 
Then this weekend is Flex Fights in Tampa. Right, so Flex Fights, I believe, 22, 23. Flex Fights on May the 20th. That's what's going to matter. Um, and this show is down. It's Trouble in Paradise. And we are taking over Plant City, Tampa, Florida. Uh, so it's going to be a spectacular show. We've got 29 fights booked as of today's recording, which is a redonkulous number of fights. Some kickboxing, some MMA, some titles. It's really, really going to be a great show. And obviously, there's a ton of work going on there. Not the least of which is all of us New York staff that's going down to Florida for the fights. So you can imagine how much prep work, even just that travel, is being. And then on top of it, uh, we've all, we just had our Mother's Day event in my school where there was a ton of moms and trainers we spoke about last week. We had a whole bunch of moms in the mat. It was wonderful. So that we had to prep for. And then on top of it, there's all the family commitments that you have, right? Memorial Day weekend is coming up. I'm sure you, like me, having some kind of family event. On top of that, I have some family coming to visit. My niece and nephew are coming to visit uh, right before Memorial Day weekend, and they'll be here right during all that. So we've got to prepare for all of these things. And my mindset, when it comes to preparation, really, it's funny because I, I, I was reiterating it kind of over and over and over again. And it was funny how common a theme that it was between all of the different things I was preparing for, for Mother's Day class, then for flex fights, then for, for, um, then for Memorial Day weekend, then for the tournament. All the, as I was going through all those things, I, I realized there was a common thread in the thought process to how I was going about preparing for all those. And it's a very, very common thought, but it's one that I think applies to life in a more general sense. And it's a pretty simple idea. The idea that you prepare, you expect the best, but you prepare for the worst, right? That's our mindset this week. Expect the best, prepare for the worst. Turn it to the fight world for a second. All of the fighters on the card, I'm sure, are hoping for the absolute best case scenario. They get out, into the ring, they have their awesome walkout, there's a bunch of fans, they get their moment in the, in the uh, spotlight, so to speak. Then, uh, as they're there, first exchange, bang, they land a blow, knock their opponent out, and that's the whole fight. They'd all love that walk-off KO first round. They'd all love it. But, if that's what you train for, the odds of that happening are not very good. And as a matter of fact, you'll likely wind up be it not being fully prepared for everything else if that's all that you train for. So I'm a firm believer when it comes to things like training for a fight or for the tournament like I'm training my students now that we prepare for the worst. We prepare like we're going to have the most matches that day. Like every bracket's going to be 32 people and we're going to have four matches to get to the final four matches before we even get to the finals and we're going to prepare like each one of those matches is going to go to overtime so we're going to be we're going to have the stamina to go for all that time so that way we'll have the energy reserves to be going for that long um we're, we're going to make sure that we're practicing getting out of bad positions that if we find ourselves stuck in a bad spot that we're not we're not just laying there and accepting it instead we're working to get our way out right and that mindset is so important because if you train for the worst, if you prepare for the worst possible thing that can happen, you get all matches going full regulation, then overtime, you get all of that happening, and you have a ton of matches because you're in a very big division. Then, again, the odds of that happening, not very good. It's not very good. Right? There's only, I think our biggest divisions in the COC 
are like 16 people. And that's because of how we break people down and stuff. So that way you're not competing over the course of several hours because a 32 person division takes literal hours. So you can have a match and it can be a long, it can be like 45 minutes before you're competing again. And that's a little unreasonable to expect people to be able to compete at their best in those kind of circumstances. So nonetheless, we prepare like it's going to be the worst case scenario because the likelihood is you will not face the worst case scenario. And then the competition, I don't want to say it'll be easier, but you'll be overprepared for it. And that's always a good thing, right? I'll relate this to school for a second. And this is kind of my mindset when it came to school. I learned it early and often that when you were going to give a report on something or you were going to be tested on something, if you knew you were going to be tested from A to D, I always felt it was a really good idea to prepare from like A to F to be that prepared, to study that level. If I was gonna do a report on somebody, on a, a historical figure, I made sure that I knew over and above what was gonna be talked about in my presentation because I wanted somebody to be able to ask an obscure question and I had the answer. I, I wanted to be able to give out more information than the teacher or my class would be looking for. Because if I learn the obscure stuff, there's no way I'm not learning the bigger stuff too. There's no way, uh, there's nobody way you're learning what a person's favorite meal was and not learning what year they were born, for example. Uh, you're going to, it's going to be all encompassing at that point. I'm a firm believer in over preparation. Now, obviously, there is a school of thought about overtraining, and overtraining is a thing, definitely, definitely. But that's not what I mean. I'm not talking about just the physical components. I'm talking more specifically because I, let, let's, Let's take that tournament experience. Let's go back to that for a second. Let's take that experience of a person who's got a 32 person bracket and they have to compete once to get to the round of 16 and they have to compete again to get to the round of eight. So now we're up to two, right? Then they've got to compete again to get to the round of four. That's three, right? Then they got to compete again to get to the finals, right? You can see how many times they've competed. Each of those individual matches, I want them to be prepared to go when they're exhausted. So, I'm not necessarily talking just about them training like a maniac all the time, go. I'm talking about exhausting ourselves before we do our technical training, before we put ourselves in bad spots and do stuff like that, because it's such an important thing that we're used to that feeling. And then that feeling isn't what stops or slows us down. Instead, we're able to go beyond that feeling. That's a beautiful thing. Being prepared to go well beyond what you were ready for being able to go well beyond what you need to go for, right? And the, the same helps for, I mean, maybe I get this mindset from my grandmothers because one thing I knew is if there was going to be a party at one of my grandmother's house, if they were going to host a dinner of some kind, no one was leaving hungry. It just wasn't happening. There was no way that you were going to eat everything that was on the, the table. And then everybody's going home with leftovers too. It's just the way that it was because like m both my grandmothers, if they were hosting dinner and they were cooking for eight people, they were really prepared for like 12. Why? Because they didn't want to risk the idea of having that eighth person sitting like, mm, I could eat more. You don't want that. You want to be pushing, you, you want to be prepared for the absolute worst. Uh, and the same holds true in so many areas of life. 
right? Like I look at the outlines and the research I do on the fighters for flex fights. And not only do I do some research beforehand and do we have a questionnaire for them they get beforehand, I do my best to interview as many fighters as I can at the weigh-ins. And I wind up getting well more information that I will likely have to give out. Because while I'm giving out the information, I'm giving it out during the fight, while they're walking from the locker rooms out to the cage, we're not talking about an incredible amount of time. Now, sometimes things happen, like we have happened the last card where there was a medical delay and we needed to fill some clock. And when that was happening, it was nice to have that over-research. But I'd rather have too much to say and not have time to say it all than to not have enough to say. And then they're sitting there awkwardly and feeling like I don't know anything. Now, don't get me wrong. If the fighter didn't fill up my fighter questionnaire, if they didn't come see me for an interview, if they avoided all of their responsibilities, I don't feel as bad. But if, if they did their due diligence, then I want to make sure I've got plenty to talk about. And then during the match, I want to make sure that I, I'm researched and up to date on everything that's going on so that I know what to look for and what to break down for the public at large. I also believe, like, and I've done this for a very long time, ever since my, my second Flex Fights card, I didn't just do uh, an outline for the part of the card I was asked to do, to do. In the beginning, I was just doing the preliminary part of the card, and very quickly, I wanted to do more and more of the card. But I found myself continually doing outlines for the entire card because I'd rather have stuff about the fighters that I may not be talking about than suddenly need to fill in and not having anything to say. I'd rather be overprepared. The same thing comes true to my school. We had Mother's Day class on Friday. I knew how many moms and how many kids were going to be there. I had a count. Of course I did. Pretty organized person. I had a Google Sheet. I knew exactly how many people I was going to expect. I confirmed them all the night before. So I knew who to expect, who not to, who at what times, all of that. I was very, very, very on top of it. So because of that, I knew exactly how many bottles of water I need, how many packets of goldfish for kids I'm going to need, how many protein bars are the moms. I knew exactly how many. So if I needed, let's just pick an arbitrary number here. If I needed 25, you could best believe I wasn't buying 25. I was buying well more than 25 because I wanted to anticipate that maybe someone spills a bottle of water. Maybe some kid takes two. I want to have preparation for everything. Maybe one of the, maybe one of the uh, um, protein bars, maybe it was uh, the wrapping was open, so we're not serving that one, toss that one. Right? I want to be well over prepared. And the thing is, in life, this is a philosophy that we should keep as well. Right? We prepare for the worst, right? And we should do this with so many parts of our life. Health-wise, we should prepare for the worst, right? Fiscally, we should prepare for the worst. But then we should be ready for the best. We should expect the best to be prepared for the worst, right? Like one of the things that my parents always taught me, especially my father being an accountant, is that you always have money for a rainy day. You always have your money, you always have some money in a rainy day fund that isn't necessarily your like play savings, like where you're gonna save up to buy the something cool that you want or to go on vacation. You have separate money for that. You have you know a, a separate spot to put the money that goes towards the vacation or that goes towards the, the, the uh, you know cool item you're saving up for or the construction you wanna do at your house. All that stuff is saved in one place. And maybe you have separate, separate savings accounts or sub accounts for all that, that's one thing. Additionally, you have to have your Oh no, 
funds. You, ha you have to have that money in case everything goes wrong. If all at once you need this medical thing and you need this emergency at your house and you need this thing with your dog and you need this thing because you're medically ill and then you're like, oh God, there went the money to pay the mortgage this month. What am I going to do? You have your rainy day money for that. You have your money just in case for that. And it's something I've always believed in and I've always tried to prepare for as best that I could, depending on how I was doing financially in my life. I always made sure that I had some money tossed away. That was very important to me. And it's something I continue to believe in. And it's something that I teach my, my niece and nephew whenever I'm around them, how important it is for them to save for a rainy day. I think I've, I've told you guys before about the fact that my nephew who's 10 years old. He has an investment account. Right? He saw me saving for my retirement. He's got a retirement account already at 10 years old. And it, there's not a ton of money in there, you know, but he's invested in some stocks. They'll pay him some dividends. And it's cool. He'll ask me all the time. How much money did I make on the stocks? He asked me all the time because he's thinking about the future. He's thinking about being prepared for that, for that someday, which is always a very, very good thing. I think this is, this is important for how you keep your house as well. Like one thing my parents always prided themselves on is if they had one of those super chaotic days where literally everything went wrong, we had a plan, nothing went according to plan. And now we're getting home. It's much later than we anticipated getting home. Um, we didn't have the chance to run to the grocery store like we wanted to. If we needed to, we could go to the pantry or we could go to the fridge or we could go to the freezer and there was always food to make. Somewhere you always had something, you, you never were going to go hungry uh, in that house, right? And because this was well before the days of Uber Eats or anything like that, right? It wasn't like you were like, oh, I guess I could just Uber Eats from a restaurant around the corner, right? Couldn't do that back then. That sounds old. I know. Anyway, moving on, right? This and the same, I think it should be held true for how we treat ourselves nutritionally. We know I'm a believer in meal preparation. I believe if you're going to be really paying really close attention to your diet, that you should prepare the meals that you're going to eat ahead of time. But I believe that if you're going to eat eight meals in the period of time that you're preparing for, you should prepare 10. And you take those other two, and once they're cooled down, you put them in the freezer and you have them in the freezer ready to go. So that way, on that, oh no, everything went wrong. On that day, where everything went wrong and you're getting home and you're already hungry and it's already late and you're already like past eating time, now all you gotta do is take that out of the freezer and you're prepared. And then you make sure that the next time that you're gonna meal prep, you're going to do the same thing. You're gonna replace that meal. You're gonna make sure you have another couple of meals that you put in there. Sure, eventually those meals will go bad eventually, but it's worth it for that those, those oh no days because they're gonna happen. Right? We, know, we can plan that there will be days where nothing goes according to plan. So because of that, it's very important to be prepared for them ahead of time. Now, the same holds true for how we're preparing for our tournament, right? Staff-wise, how we're preparing for our tournament. We're going through every obscure scenario that could potentially happen to the people in our rings. Why? Because we want to be prepared. In case it happens, we don't want to have to be like, oh no, I don't know. Right? Instead, we want to be on top of things and already have the answer ready to rock. But let's get back to life in general. Just, I, I'm just thinking about the tournament, obviously. I have plenty of things going on that way. But I think life in general, I think, especially when it comes to your health, your wellness, your fitness, I think prioritizing preparing for the worst is a really good thing. Right? 
I think that a lot of people take their health and wellness and they kind of put it on the back burner. And they think in life that, yeah, I'll get in shape for summer. Or I'll start re eating right before the holidays so I don't gain excess weight during the holidays. Or, you know, right around my birthday, I want to be in great shape for my birthday. I'll start working on my, my birthday. And they constantly push it back. They constantly take it and they train, they treat their health and wellness like it can't just go away in a moment. Of course it could. Of course it could. That's just the way that the world works, right? I, I, I can think of plenty of people that I know in my life that seemed healthy as anything, that seemed everything was, was a-okay. And then kind of magically out of nowhere, all of a sudden they're dealing with disease, right? Cancer came and found them, diabetes, uh, high blood pressure. All of a sudden they're high cholesterol. All these things are coming out of the woodwork at them. When really, when they treat it, when they exercise and eat, like they already have these things wrong and they're trying to remedy, these things never happen. Right? My 90 day challenge, when actually I'm wearing my 90 day challenge shirt from a couple of years ago, you guys can see I'm asleep there. Right? But uh, my 90 day challenge winner from this past, from this 90 day challenge we just completed, he got his blood work done by the doctor and he was telling me about it. He goes, you know, the doctor had him on certain medications. He said, I'm off of that. I have normal this level and that level for the first time in my adult life. That's spectacular. And he goes, now I'm addicted to it. Now I'm addicted to feeling this way, which is perfect because he's going to continue to live his life like he's in training or on a diet. I just think that's exercising and eating properly, but he's living his life like he's already doing those things on a continual basis. Because if he does that, then when invariably birthdays come up, vacations come up, Etc. 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 You know the happy occasions, the birthdays, the weddings, the anniversaries, where he's got to have some meals that are off, right? When those when those days happen, right? Like he's a father. When Father's Day comes up in a couple of weeks, if his kids decide they're making him pancakes for breakfast, he can't be like, "No, kids, I can't eat the pancakes." Of course, he can eat those pancakes because now he's got that one meal, and he's already well ahead of the game. It's not like that's another bad meal. Instead he's enjoying that wonderful time with his kids. And then he's able to move past it. He's able to get right back on track. That's why in preparation for everything, for our health, for our wellness, for our financial stability, for every event that we plan for, for everything that we train for, we should always go a little bit above and beyond. Just a little bit. Right? Like when we were doing the 5K for my school, when I was running 5Ks before him, when I, when I was running that, that, I was running it with my dog and I was running it with a weighted vest on. Not because I'm trying to set some kind of world record. I know running is not like the thing I'm amazing at and there's an outdo guys who run all the time. I knew that. But what I also knew is that if I was prepared with a 25 pound weighted vest on, then going with a group was going to be easy. It was going to be easy comparatively. And that's, that's the same thing. Right? Like when fighters are preparing for a fight, they don't go in the cage and fight the same tired opponent every single round. They fight a new opponent every round. Why? Because it's like a nightmare. So my opponent never gets tired. Now, when their opponent does get tired in the fight, they're ready to go. Right? Again, we can think back over all the examples I gave you over the past 20 minutes or so. And I really want you to reflect on that as you're preparing for things. Right? When you're preparing an event at your house, when you're training for something, when you're thinking about your finances, when you're thinking about your health and wellness, whatever you're thinking about, prepare for the absolute worst case scenario. Expect the best though. 
expect, expect everything is going to go swimmingly. But be prepared just in case it doesn't. So that's all I have for you guys this week. Make sure that you guys tune in this weekend, this Saturday, throwdownsports.com, starting at 5 p.m. Eastern time. It's going to be Flex Fights, Trouble in Paradise. Make sure you guys are watching. I'm going to be doing commentary for the whole card, so you'll get to hear how well my preparation went, and you'll get to see some awesome fights, I'm sure. 29 fights, like I said. Again, throwdownsports.com. Other than that, you can always email me, senseileonelli at gmail.com. You can find me at tw on Twitter and Instagram at Sensei underscore Leonelli. You can find me on Facebook. I'm Sensei James Leonelli. Everywhere I am on the internet is li my link tree, linktr.ee slash Sensei Leonelli. S-E-N-S-E-I-L-E-O-N-E-L-L-I. You can find more about Flex Fights there. You can find more about my, my school there. If you missed any of our sponsor stuff, it's there. All that stuff is at that link tree. You can find my school online at tskSmithtown.com. You can find us on Facebook. We're facebook.com slash Tiger Shulman Smithtown. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at tsmma underscore Smithtown. You can find us, <clears throat> excuse me, you can find the podcast rather on Instagram at Sensei's Weekly Mindset. You can find out more about the Tiger Shulman's organization as a whole at tsk.com. Other than that, my friends, please make sure that you guys subscribe. Get your new episodes every Wednesday. Don't miss a one. Make sure that you guys leave a rate and a review. It just helps. I love reading your reviews. I love the things that you have to say about the podcast. So please, if you haven't left one yet, I'd love to read what you have to say about the podcast. But the most important thing that you can do is share the podcast for me. Sure. Doing, you know, clicking through with our sponsors and everything. That's wonderful. And I appreciate that. But the best compliment that you can pay me, the only form of advertising that I have is word of mouth. So I would very much appreciate it if you, if you heard this and you enjoy what you're listening to, that you share it with friends. I love it when I see people share it on social media and that kind of stuff. So please keep that kind of stuff up. I very much appreciate it. Other than that, my friends, until next time, invest in yourselves. I'll see you guys on the map.